Everyone is mad. None of us like this. This is great. Hello and welcome to the Eurowatch, episode 202, dropping on August 1st, 2023. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. In this episode, we'll be talking about July Eurovision headlines and updates. I don't know why those are plural. This has been the quietest month ever. Everybody's out of office is still on. Enjoy your vacations, Europe. Yeah, I mean, really, if it weren't for Sweden announcing their host city, I don't know what we would be talking about today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of that, and then just like a little bit of fun drama that popped up over the weekend that feels like it's going to be quickly resolved. So, you know, some fun stuff. Yeah, I guess we can just hop right into it. It's going to be Malmo. The contest is going to be held on Tuesday, May 7th, Thursday, May 9th, and the grand final on Saturday, May 11th. I don't think this is a big surprise for anybody. No. And the more I look at the details, I'm like, no, it's always been Malmo. It was right there. It was just like, okay, who checks all the boxes and doesn't have an arena that's too old and has not created a scenario for a temporary arena that had the translated headline of poop chaos? Yes. <laughs> Thank you to the, the Swedish op-ed columnist who put those two words together. That greatly brightened the day that I read the news. I'm just curious if that's just a word that is dropped in polite conversation, or if it's like one of those Nordic terms that does not have a direct English translation. (laughs) Yeah, where's the book on that one? American capitalism is like, yeah, we have we have pants drunk from Finland, and we have poop chaos from Sweden. And then Ornskoldsvik, also a little bit distant. I was looking at the logistics of how does one get to Ernskolsvik, uh, Sweden, and it's you have your choice of two flights a day on a 50-seat plane, or you can take a 10-and-a-half-hour train ride from Momo. Huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the EBU was going to go for that one, ever. No, uh, <laughs> no. Bless them for trying. I, this is not their first time pitching. It would be very cool to do an upper Sweden Eurovision, but not this year. The people behind the Eurovision process at SVT do not want a logistical challenge. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that kind of makes sense, because like looking at who the executive team are, you've got the executive producer, Ebba Adelson, who is the current head of entertainment at SVT, Crystal Tholz-Villers, Tobias Aberg, and Johan Bernhagen. They all had experience producing the 2013 contest. So it, it seems like Sweden just wants to, like, have this be as smooth a process as possible bring in all the veterans just be like okay we know how to do this let's like go through our checklist make sure we check every box and just get this out the door pulling out the binder from 2017 that's been on standby ready to go just be like okay cool we're doing plan a Uh, although they're still talking about tweaking things like one one of the items that came up is they want to try to cut the grand final down by an hour I'm very curious to see what that could possibly look like, because I think there is a lot of fat that could be chopped off. And yes. I, I don't I don't think yes. it's as lofty a goal as folks seem to think it was when it was first announced. Although I did very much enjoy the joke on Twitter that they need to cut it down because Swedes don't provide food for their guests and it was getting too long and they would get hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but looking into the different ways that they could cut down on the time. Number one, shorten that voting window. Like, I don't 
know why it's as long as it is. I don't get the sense that people are like waiting 45 minutes to vote unless like phone lines are completely tangled. They can definitely enforce the staging transition time, which would be really kind of funny coming after their wins. <laughs> yeah, which is real rich coming for y'all. Yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking like last year in Turin, Spaceman took a long time to set up. Germany's entry took a ridiculous amount of time to set up. And it's like, yeah, like you get 90 seconds. If you can't do it in 90 seconds, then you need to refigure out your stage. I don't know. Yeah. And then I went down this rabbit hole of looking at how they could maybe shorten the televote sequence. In 2016, when they introduced the new split format, it took about 12 minutes to get through the televote portion, uh, which makes sense because they had to like throw in an explainer and stuff. And then in Kiev and Lisbon, they got that down to nine minutes. And just like, all right, yeah, just like get through this process. Looking at Italy last year... 20 minutes to get through the televote. This year, it was 15 minutes, which still seems like a long time. Like, I mean, if you just cut down on the vamping, you're saving so much time already. Some of the vamping, and also I feel like next year you will not need to do like five minutes of crowd control of every time that the audience is just sort of starting to scream cha-cha-cha at (laughs) Hannah Waddingham. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we don't know. I mean... (laughs) Like, like it it was time well spent. Moi, chef's kiss to that. But but yes, like that, that feels like you can definitely get that tighter even if they're not able to cut it down by 60 minutes i think they could easily cut 30 out of the show make it a comfortable four hours instead of four and a half sweden introduced the the whole flag parade at the beginning of the show and it would not surprise me if that goes away because they're just like it's too long now yeah although i like the idea of each artist having the spotlight and not having it just be when they're on stage performing the song I think they can find a way to do it in a way that both gives those artists the spotlight, but also does not take like 20 minutes before we get to the first song, if they if they do want to cut it down. Just don't do Austria 2015. That'll, that'll save you like 45 minutes right there. <laughs> <laughs> it was so long. Also, thinking about how voting might change next year, it seems like Norway's been making some suggestions. Norway is definitely kind of leading this, but it does sound like the EBU is going to be at least discussing changes to the jury voting system at this year's next meeting. Stig Carlson, who is Norway's head of delegation, uh, has been dropping some hints that he believes that they're going to ask to decrease the weight of the jury's votes to give the public more power in deciding the contest. Uh, He feels the weight should be reduced to 40% or even 30% of the overall score, Hmm. which I I have not run my spreadsheet to see how that would have affected things this year. But I do think it was somewhere in there that would have tipped things Finland's way. I like that he's not saying that juries should be scrapped altogether. There's importance to the juries in maintaining the excitement of the show and to kind of reduce any block voting that does happen. It is kind of weird that Sweden won but did not win any 12s from the televote. I don't want them to get rid of the juries. Like, I, I I do think they serve some sort of balancing purpose or I don't know. Like, it's kind of a racing part of a historical aspect of the contest. Yeah, but... yeah. Well, yeah. But I do think that they could rethink what those juries look like. Are there more people on the jury? Are, you know, is there some other demographic thing that can be made up so that you don't just have a bunch of very similar minded music industry people? Because I think about the jury on the American Song Contest and it was all radio people. And look at all of the bland white countrymen that made it to the final there. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to come up with some other ideas and I think I came up with maybe the worst idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, where I, it's just, I, I don't care about like what the best jury is. I want the worst. Yeah, so it would be that the only jurors that have like individual scores are the ones that are actually participating in the grand final, and everybody who did not qualify gets kind of grouped into like a rest of the jury vote, the way that there's a rest of the world vote in the televote <laughs> side. So it's just like, oh, okay, like Malta and San Marino, all of their votes get kind of collated into one giant pool, and then it's just like, okay, there's like the rest of the jury vote, and then it's like twelve ten. So there would only be like twenty seven juries weighing in instead of. 38 or whatever okay yeah no that feels deeply chaotic and i'm here for it everyone is mad none of us like this this is great i just had the vision of all of them on screen split screen style saying their votes at the same time (laughs) in an absolute mess oh united by music there we go Uh (laughs) yep yep Those are the main logistical things that have happened in the last month. Yeah, I mean, like, even the Eurovision YouTube account was just like, uh, we got nothing. We're just going to do a year in review type thing (laughs) for our July reports. Good for them. Honestly, make that, like, the end of May scheduled to go up in the middle of July. You're done. Enjoy your vacation. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's brilliant. Over on our Patreon, thank you again for everybody who's supporting us on Patreon and helping make this show possible. Patreon supporters have access to our bonus episodes. Our most recent one was talking about Johnny Weir covering Eurovision for the U.S. audience on Peacock. Uh, That was a really fun episode. Uh, Our next one is going to be talking about Abba Gold and its entry in the 33 and a Third series. It's a fun read. Uh, It's a fun album if you've not listened to it. That one is scheduled to drop next week on August 8th. Uh, which also happens to be the anniversary of when Xanadu came out. And that was another topic that we had over on our Patreon. You can check that all out at patreon.com slash Eurowhat. It just feels like we're doing the part of when PBS cuts into the Celtic Woman concert and just is like, hello, would you like to buy a tote bag? Emblazoned over its entire surface in the color brown. Elsewhere in social media stuff, uh, it's a hellscape out there, folks. If you follow us on Stitcher, I hope you've gotten an email about this, but you should know that that platform is shutting down on August 29th. Uh, we are everywhere you get podcasts, but check out Eurowhat.subscribe for direct links. Uh, we are still on Twitter, and we're still calling it Twitter, assuming that it still works when this episode goes live. You know, anything can happen. We've also joined threads at Eurowhat, uh, and our Eurowhat on Blue Sky. We're, t- we're trying stuff out, folks. Yeah. We're seeing what feels good. We now have a Tumblr. Uh, do you want to see our particularly online content? That's where some of it's going to go. We're trying to meet the Euro fans where they are, and some of them are on Tumblr. And I have not read any of their fan fiction, so going to keep doing that. Just feels feels right. Feels wise. I'm glad that this upheaval is happening during the offseason. Like, if this were happening in January, when all of the national finals were getting started, just be like, uh, where do we go? But at the same time, there's not a ton of content to follow right now, so not really sure where anybody is. Like, maybe everybody's taking a break. Maybe everybody's outside touching grass. There's a good idea. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go. Let's all go outside and touch grass this summer. Hooray. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're trying things out. If you have suggestions of places where we should be looking, we are all ears. Like, uh, perhaps Twitter will still be some functional form in January. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is fun to watch from the sidelines, but... Ugh. As a podcast, we're kind of going outside and touching grass and talking with some other podcasters. Mm-hmm. We were just over on friend of the show Bradley's podcast, Eurovision Song Context. 
where there is a lovely two-part conversation with us as episodes 17 and 18 of that program. We got to talk about PopCon, Eurovision as a sport, and also part of the show is each of us brings two songs that we have very strong feelings about. And um, I think we're still friends with Bradley. She seems kind of horrified by her choices. Yeah, I was about to say, we kind of, we kind of freaked her out a little bit. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It was a great conversation, and we'll have links to both of those episodes in the show notes. And Ben is also a contestant this season on the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show. It's been great listening so far. It's been a really good and really difficult season, I think. So um, yeah, if you're into pop culture at all, even though it has American in the name, it's not just American-specific pop culture. If you're into movies, music, it's all there. We will have a link to Ben's episode in the show notes as well. It's pretty quiet around, but everybody is figuring out their national selection stuff. Yes, and Luxembourg is really all hands on deck with rejoining yeah, they are this year. back. Yeah, and it, you love to see it, you know? They yeah. are already in the audition process for their pre-selection show. At least 100 singers so far, uh, which is pretty amazing considering that one of the rules is you have to be from Luxembourg to be part of the entry. Well, it's a country of 650,000 people, so uh, I'll be curious to see how big the audition pool ends up being. I know, 100 seems like a lot. Yeah, and the fact that they're doing it now mm-hmm. is just wild. It's like they're working on finding some songs. They're working on finding some singers. The The prime minister has confirmed the country is ready to host if they were to win, which are strong words for a nation that has not participated in many years. It's been 30 years, and it feels like they just have a lot of pent-up energy right now, which is great. I'm, I'm so glad that they're so enthusiastic about it. And it's going to be one more national final to add to the calendar. Right now, it is scheduled for January 27th, which is a good time. That's still early enough in the season where there's probably not going to be a lot of competition on the airwaves. So excited to see what Luxembourg brings to the table. Yes, uh, Luxembourg, make sure whatever streaming your television station does uh, can handle a bunch of us descending on it in January. (laughs) I would not be surprised if they have a YouTube option. That that seems like a smart way to go. (laughs) Yes. In terms of other format updates, thank you to Cyprus and Greece for having a fun fight over the weekend about Cyprus's selection process and giving us some news to talk about. Uh, So Cyprus is doing a new format called Fame Story. Part of what's going on with Fame Story is that it's going to be shot in a studio in Greece, and it's going to be co-aired on Star Greece, in, in addition to the Cypriot broadcaster. ERT, the main network from Greece that handles Greece's Eurovision selection process is not pleased. Basically doing the like running to tell mom at the EBU. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think they have a legitimate beef here just because like the show is going to be on a rival network and it feels like there's something going on between Greece and Cyprus. And I don't know if it's just fallout from like not getting 12 points <laughs> this year or what, like there, yeah. there's a frostiness in the air and I'm uh, a little surprised by that. And very curious about it. So I kind of keeping keeping closer eye on this rather than uh, just being like, haha, this is just kind of a funny story. I feel like there may be something deeper going on here. Yes. But yeah, like just this popping up was very intriguing. Fame story is supposed to be starting in September, but we'll see how this shakeup of things potentially affects that. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume the show is still going to happen, uh, but I did notice that in like one of the uh, – it's a video on their application site. They don't mention Eurovision as part of the prize package, and I'm wondering if that's because the broadcaster is not an EBU member. Like it, Eurovision is not 
something that they can talk about? I don't know. So, oh yeah, that uh, could be. Yeah, there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes. So there's stuff happening <laughs> elsewhere. Israel's auditions have also opened up, and then just everybody's getting their stuff in order. Esti Lau is going to have a new producer next year. Uh, the Benny Dorm Festival has confirmed it will take place on January 30th, February 1st, February 3rd, and we'll have 16 contestants. Uh, and San Remo has has booked itself for the week of February 6th to 10th. The only other big thing coming out of Eurovision HQ is their impact report on how Eurovision performed like ratings-wise, analytics-wise. And it was a pretty good year. Uh, there were 162 million who watched the three live shows for this year's contest. And they had 75 million unique viewers for their YouTube content this season. In terms of audio streams, there were 808 million streams of this year's entries. And that number, I presume, is just going through the end of May because Tattoo, Queen of Kings, and Cha-Cha-Cha are still doing numbers. I I don't know if it's quite at a billion yet, but it's got to be getting close to that. Liverpool was the big winner this year. The big statistic that they pulled out in the report was that there were about half a million visitors during the Eurovision fortnight, and Liverpool was projecting like 100,000. So that is- Oh, wow. Yeah, that is huge, huge. And yeah, I mean, good for them. Like that this- Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I mean- I I may be in that Liverpool data. I was hanging out in the Euro Village one day, and one of those people doing demographic surveys came up and asked if I had time to chat. And I'm like, yes, I do. This is a job I would not want to be doing. Of course, I will answer your, your questions about why I'm here. They also talked about some of the downstream effects. So like there were uh, a couple of shopping centers that they highlighted where it's like, yeah, Eurovision week has been their busiest week so far, the tourism aspect. And I mean, good word of mouth, too. So I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who maybe are adding Liverpool to their future travel plans as a result of this. Indeed. Yeah. And then in Eurovision adjacent news, uh, Sam Ryder has been nominated for an Emmy Award. Uh, his song Fought and Lost is featured in Ted Lasso season three episode Mom City, and it has essentially the, the best song Emmy nomination. Although we we have to wait to find out if it wins because this year's Emmy Awards have been postponed due to the ongoing SAG after and WGA strike. Pay your creatives. Pay your creatives. Do you still watch Ted Lasso? I, I have not watched Ted Lasso. Uh, okay, I am like halfway through season three. So I got my mom hooked on it a couple years ago when I was home and we, we didn't have season three yet. Uh, and then I was recently home a couple months ago and we watched the first half of season three. So I have not actually heard this song. Because I'm waiting to watch the rest when I see her later this year. Because I'm the only person who has the Apple TV subscription. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, well, that that eliminates my follow-up question. It's just like, does the song work in the scene? Knowing the general vibe of the music on that show, it's gonna it's gonna fit. Like the the music team there does a, has does a very good job with with that show. So it does not surprise me that Sam Ryder is in the mix. Excellent. Excellent. Good luck to him whenever the Emmys happen. Again, pay your creatives. That's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. If you'd like to help support the show and access a ton of bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash Euro What. Free access to our full archive of more than 200 episodes can be found on our website at eurowhat.com. Next time on the Euro What, we say farewell to the hosts of Eurovision 2023 by discussing a subject the UK and Ukraine have in common, iconic second-place entries. <laughs>